wish that you had all the time and energy and motivation in the world to get yourself to a fitness class multiple days a week, get yourself exercising, moving how you wish you were moving or moving how you used to move before you became a parent? Do you wish that you were the king or queen of meal prep, getting groceries every week, fridges always full of easy, healthy things to snack on, and you know that you like certain healthy foods, uh, and for some reason they're not getting on your table, but you just wish that they were. Um, if you, if these thoughts have gone through your head, I will tell you first that you're normal. I will tell you second that I have been there and my background, my expertise is in fitness and nutrition. But when I became a parent, that became so difficult to maintain. And my life right now does not look like it looked like before I had kids. Uh, but I am trying and I'm here for you. And I wanted to make this podcast and make this my programs for you to help you figure out how to fit food and fitness into your life as a busy parent so that you can feel better, you can feel more like you, and you can feel like you are taking care of yourself, but it's not requiring all of the hours of effort and all of the energy that you think that it's going to require. So I am here to give you simple tips, little prompts to give you a little bit more energy, help you make things feel a little bit less overwhelming, make it feel like you do have the bandwidth to take care of yourself just a little bit. And then if you do that, then you get more bandwidth. And if you do it more, then you get more and you get more and more energy. So I'm here to help you build up your healthy autopilot, your healthier you. So keep on listening with me and you'll keep on getting ideas and I guarantee you will feel better. Hello, everybody. Beth here with special guest, Kate Jezuel. Uh, thank you for being here, Kate. Thank you for having me. So I will let you introduce yourself. And then after you do that, I'm going to tell everybody how I came to know you and, and the impact you've had on me. But introduce yourself. Tell us who you are, your fitness pro, your pregnant mamas, postpartum mamas, and, and what you do, what your services are. I would love to. So yes, my name is Kate Jezuel, and I am the founder of BodyWise Mama. It is an online fitness community and virtual studio with on-demand classes and workouts for every stage of pregnancy and motherhood from trying to conceive all the way through postpartum recovery and beyond. I have been doing this work long before I myself became a mother. And that sucking noise you hear is my son <laughs> voraciously sucking on his pacifier, which is giving me the indication that he might want to nurse. So, uh, in the mix of being a prenatal and postpartum health and fitness coach and founding um, and running Body Wise Mama, uh, I became pregnant pre-pandemic, just before the pandemic started. Um, and so most of my pregnancy and my labor and my birth and um, the last almost six months of motherhood have taken place within the context of a pandemic, mm -hmm. an unprecedented type of um, circumstance to be transitioning through all of these stages um, that I have been, um, as I said, you know, uh, specializing in as a professor, as a movement professional and a health and fitness coach for um, about seven or eight years prior to becoming pregnant myself. Um, and before 
fitness and health coaching, I was a dance and movement therapist mm. for a few years. Um, and I, as a dance and movement therapist, I specialized in working with older adults with dementia. So from end of life, very different group. Yeah. To, right. To, um, end of life transitions yeah. and, um, uh, you know, health concerns and issues and, um, mental health specifically to working with, um, new and expectant mothers. So I feel like um, I, I was also a gym teacher in the mix there for a little while oh, I didn't know uh, for K through eight student, eighth grade students. So I feel like I've, as a movement professional, I kind of have run the, you've done it the, all the whole spectrum of, um, of life. <laughs> yeah. And that's going to make you really good at, I know that um, you're kind of living the lived experience now of the postpartum fitness mom doing postpartum fitness, but having your K through eight experience is going to help you with what I've started to experiment with, which is like exercises I can do with my daughter or with my nieces, um, where we're both getting a good outlet. So you're going to be really good at that when you're starting to do that with your own, with your own child, or if you're not already great at doing it. Um, but yeah, I think necessity is definitely, you know, the, the mother of invention, as they say. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think that that's probably a good segue into our conversation today about yeah. how, um, you know, once you're in a lived experience of something that you have been a pro, quote unquote professional of, um, but not, but outside of the lived experience, once you're inside of the lived experience, the, you know, assumptions and aspirations that you have mm -hmm. compared to the actual lived experience can be sometimes worlds apart mm -hmm. and, and, and wildly different. And then other times not so wildly different, but just enough to go, huh, I'm going to tweak that method or that approach. Yeah, um, I was expecting us to feel this way. That's right. That's mm -hmm. right. Yeah. I now see that that quite doesn't quite feel good or feel right. Um, yeah. Or you know, the, the, the level of empathy that I now have, you know, which was always my capacity for empathy was always very high. Um, and, and choosing to be a therapist of the body and mind mm -hmm. um, and working with individuals as a helping professional, yeah. I think, you know, is an indication of that. Like I always had that empathic, um, empathetic, strong mm -hmm. muscle, um, but this personal experience has strengthened it. Oh, it changes and everything too. Mm -hmm. Totally has defined mm -hmm. it in, in very different ways. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me, I want to start by um, just sharing with people how I came to know you and the impact you had on me and, and my journey as a fitness professional turned prenatal, postpartum, fitness, nutrition, everything. <laughs> and, uh, and then I want to talk about, yeah, how our experiences as, as these fitness professionals going into being pregnant, what that was like, and then going into postpartum, what that was like, you know, from what we know about it to what we felt about it when we were in it. Um, and are in it. So, but when I met you, I was, um, I'd been a dietitian at that time for like seven-ish years. I'd been a personal trainer. I worked at um, an employee wellness. I worked at a hospital doing employee wellness and I managed like a very small boutique fitness gym for adults uh, doing nutrition counseling and then kind of overseeing the two exercise physiologist trainers and, and um, when they weren't available, I would fill in training. They were the experts, but I was the fill in um, with my, you know, my personal training cert, not my 
four years of degrees like they had. <laughs> and I and I was committed to exercising. Like that was just one of my because that's what I did. That was my, you know, my my business, my not my business, but at the time, but like my career was fitness, nutrition, fitness. So I was committed to exercising and I found you at Mama's Wellness Joint which was a magical place that is no longer, which makes me very sad, uh, mm-hmm. a strength class. And I adjusted my work schedule. I don't know if you knew this, but it was probably obvious. I adjusted my work schedule so that I could leave work to come to your class both times. And then like, I think I like went to work, left, came to your class on the two, on the one day a week. And then at the other day, I think I shifted my entire work schedule so I could leave early and come to your class. Wow. My mind was blown by prenatal fitness. I had always thought that every personal trainer knows how to help a pregnant person do fitness. Like the two guys that I managed were exercise physiologists with master's degrees in exercise physiology. And I just assumed that they would know what I needed to do. And, and they didn't, they knew, you know, they took like maybe like one day of one class on prenatal fitness. Um, and so then I met you, I learned from you. And then I had a yoga instructor at the time who gave me a, a old book of hers about prenatal fitness that I read. And I discovered, and, and you used to always say this in your class that it is your body, you are preparing your body for an athletic event. Giving birth is enough. You need your body to function well to give birth. I mean, we can do it. I guess it doesn't, you know, you can prepare as much as you want and, and still not be prepared, but you can do things things to strengthen certain muscles, stretch certain muscles to make birth easier on your body. Um, and there are certain things that you should do that, you know, you don't, that you should avoid in exercise. So you don't hurt yourself when you're pregnant and certain things you can do that will help you. And I didn't know any of this until I started taking your class and studying myself. And so my eyes became open to it. Um, and, and that's how I kind of developed my passion for doing after I had my daughter doing the stroller work classes that kind of led into where I am now with my with my people um but anyway I would just love to hear so that's how I know you and how I got into prenatal fitness mm-hmm. we'll say that I, I remember you doing a lot of the spiritual stuff during class and like the mental stuff and I actually had a client the other day that also took your classes and she told me that she messaged you maybe you know who this is um she messaged you after her birth and she said do you remember when you had us do wall squats and told us like the mental game of this wall squat is part of what it's going to be like giving birth and they just channeled that energy their whole labor um (laughs) and so it really is this mind like your mind it's a mind-body connection so I don't know I I would I just want a tangent there but I'd love to hear about your experience getting into that how you knew that when you weren't even, you know, you hadn't lived the experience yet and then how it changed as you lived the experience of giving birth. Sure. Well, um, prenatal and postpartum fitness sort of fell into my lap, um, by way of this mom blogger at the time who, um, we serendipitously took a spin class together. We sat on bikes next to each other and, um, I struck up a conversation with her just, you know, just a hello, you know, have you taken this class before? Small talk. And um, this is the good thing that happens when you show up early to places and you, you <laughs> and you have a gift for gab, you know, yeah. sometimes the most powerful <laughs> connections and like pivotal moments happen while sitting on a spin bike waiting for the instructor to start class. Um, oh and she said to me after I told her uh, what it is that I was doing, which at the time, um, 
I had left my job as a dance and movement therapist and without really a, a, a very specific path, but I knew that I wanted to um, pursue my certification in personal training. My husband was very supportive of me taking a little bit of a, a break mm-hmm. um, work-wise to study for and take the certification test to become a personal trainer, which I did in record time. I, I was so, you know, I felt so clear and driven by, by something so deep and mm-hmm. um, real that nothing was going to slow me down. My momentum was so um, was so revved up and my sense of purpose, even though, again, I didn't have a specific path in mind, like prenatal and postpartum fitness, but I just, I knew that I wanted to do the kind of mind-body work that I was doing as a movement therapist, as a dance and movement therapist, but I wanted to do it in my way, you know, like I wanted to put my, my, um, spin on it, um, a more holistic spin. Yes. But like the Kate spin, you know, like I wanted to bring myself into the work that I did more. And I felt like the path of being a clinical licensed therapist, at least to become a clinical, like a licensed clinical therapist or clinical licensed therapist, whatever it is, uh, but to be, you know, licensed and board certified and be able to practice privately mm-hmm. and thereby do it the way that I, you know, do the kind of work and, right. you know, dive into the deep kind of work I wanted to do with my, my clients, um, would take years. Mm-hmm. years. It would cost a lot of time and energy. And I had already done by that point, some soul sucking work in my past. Like I had jobs that were soul sucking and I had decided when I went back to grad school to become a dance and movement therapist that no longer was I ever going to waste my time and my skill and my passion and my sense of purpose in a soul sucking environment. That's why I left where I was working as a dance and movement therapist because right. I loved the work I was doing, but the environment was, was pretty toxic. So um, yeah, that like that sense of like, of knowing when enough was enough Mm -hmm. and I needed to pivot and I needed to like something needed to change in the environment that I was doing my work in or the kind of work I was doing that always felt very kind of came naturally to me and um that definitely helped me through my journey I will say fast forward to my own experience of trying to get pregnant pregnancy and motherhood to already have that skill of like kind of really understanding the signals in my body and mind that like I was getting burnt out or this is soul sucking. This isn't like something doesn't feel right about this. And um, I'm not going to waste time and energy in, in something that doesn't feel right. So anyway, I, at that point that I met this, this mom blogger, I had just left my dance and movement therapy position and was studying to get my personal training cert. I think maybe I had already taken the test and passed. So I was kind of just getting started and um seeking out clients. Mm-hmm. We, my husband and I rented an apartment at that time and renovated it um, with, you know, he was so supportive. I, I'm just thinking back now to the amazing ways he was so supportive of my crazy, you know, just my vision, even though I didn't know mm-hmm. that I was just like, I want to do this, you know, amazing mind, body, fitness work. And um, he was like, why don't we 
clear out the living room of this apartment, this two bedroom apartment we're living in and turn it into a fitness studio. That's amazing. Like instant business. There you go. So (laughs) I had like a makeshift studio made out of our living room with like a few pieces of like, you know, like the most affordable fitness equipment I could Mm -hmm. find. Mm -hmm. And I had an instant fitness studio with zero clients. So (laughs) I, (laughs) um, And so anyway, I met this woman and I told her what I was doing and she just got a vibe. I guess she just was got a, got a sense from that conversation with me. Um, something about my personality would be very fitting working with moms. She said, I'm a mom blogger. I didn't know what that was. She said, do you ever work with moms? And I thought, wait, moms are a special population. Cause like, I therapy where, you know, you have people like diagnosed with something that makes them like a special population that you work with, that you help. And so do you ever work with moms? And I was like, well, I work with people and moms. (laughs) So let's, yeah, let me explore what this means. And oh, that makes me think of when I used to nutrition counsel moms and I thought I was giving them really good advice. And then I became a mom and I was like, oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is a special population with special needs, which is basically right, right, <laughs> right on, you know? And um, so, yeah, that, that was like a, I call that like a breadcrumb moment where like mm-hmm. the universe drops me a breadcrumb by way of this mom blogger who, you know, planted the seed yeah. of the seed of the seed that would become yeah. what I'm doing now. And so and this I is really a special think- population. I want to pause and talk about that for a second, because I think that a lot of people think it's not, and they think they don't need special attention. Like moms just think like, oh, I could just go to any trainer. I can go to any gym. I just need to like get my body in shape, but it's a very specialized need. Your body created a human. It shifted all your muscles shifted and your ligaments stretched and things happened. And I don't know. I yeah. your, your thought process, but can you talk about that for a second about what you learned when you went into realizing that moms are a special population? Yeah. I mean, I think it was one client at a time. I just, you know, the, the anecdotal evidence of moms being a special population, um, each and each mother's journey being truly unique and wildly diverse mm-hmm. from any other mother that I was working with. So client by client, I started to really um, build that understanding. I started to develop that understanding of like, you know, it's, it, you, the, the, the the physiology and the musculoskeletal changes of pregnancy and giving birth and then recovering was was definitely part of my learn the, the learning curve client by client mm-hmm. um, plus I had already I, I had uh, gotten my certification in prenatal and postpartum fitness so I had in addition to the personal training cert I, I, I continued my education in 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 that um, niche mm-hmm. and so I had sort of the textbook knowledge um, but even the textbook knowledge um that the the organization that I got my my cert through um, started to shift as I worked client by client Mm -hmm. into more of a real life, um, actual knowledge, Mm -hmm. you know, and experiential vicariously through the clients I was working with. So it wasn't yet my lived experience, Mm -hmm. but I think when you are someone who um, takes your work 
to a personal level and you when you do your work in a purposeful um, mission driven way to help and to to help evolve um, an experience or or elevate an experience for the individuals that you're working with um, and really honor it like I did um, yeah that helps me learn a lot. Like I, I put my heart and my soul into yeah. the work that I do. And so I think that when and you do anything that way, it's. Oh, you, you learn it all. I mean, you, you know it. And I think it's also almost, so when you become, I feel like we all know this now and any, anybody that's in the mom world knows that everybody thinks what their opinion is in what their opinion is, is, is the right opinion, right? Like, Oh, this worked for my kid. It'll work for your kid. This worked for me. It'll work for you. So you came to it as a blank slate at the beginning because you didn't have your own experience to buy yes. about what other people were going through. So you just saw that it was so different Yep, and got to learn it that way. And I also yep. to say that, um, what just popped in my head when you were talking about your textbook learning versus your experiential learning is that's kind of where I remember when I used to work in hospitals and was around a lot of doctors and they, I remember them talking about that's where the science meets the art. And so yeah. you practice the art yeah. of medicine, you're practicing the art of prenatal postpartum fitness. Um, so, yeah. And I, and I don't think that you, you don't get there right away. I mean, for me, it was, um, and I'm, and I'm still learning now through my own lived experience um, and continuing to also learn through um my clients and my students and my members' experiences of what's working, what's not working for them. Um, even what changed for you after you after you got pregnant. Uh, one of the biggest things that changed is my appreciation. Maybe wasn't there for um, the the magic and the power of like the fifteen minute workout. I mean, <laughs> let's be real. Sometimes the five minute, like the five minute workout, or let's be more real, like the power and the, the magic of like taking a deep breath, um, yeah. and engaging my core that way, um, mm -hmm. in just one breath, like, wow, I feel so much better. Okay. That's all it took to kind of just like adjust my yeah. like energy field. But, um, yeah, like the, the, the adjustment for me in my actual lived experience has come through in the form of, um, never underestimating the power of like a, a little bit, a little dose of movement as medicine mm -hmm. um, throughout the day yep. is sometimes the only way to kind of build up to a place where I feel like it's made a dent in my fitness, mm -hmm. both of body and mind. <laughs> You know, because it's not going to get done in one huge 45 minute chunk or like I'm just, I, you know, and even if I have the time, like at the end of the day, if my husband has done work and I can take an hour uh, before it's time for Lucas to go to bed um, to my I can have that an hour to myself because my husband will take him and mm -hmm. sometimes the level of um, focus that I have is just not there because I've just had a 12 hour day with it, not even six month old. Um, and my body has been used all day um, in ways that is hard to quantify. That's the other thing that's changed for me is like the level of depletion and exhaustion is sometimes really hard to quantify till it's right. And it, it's right in your face or it's smacking you in the face of like, whoa, I didn't even realize how 
tired and sore my body was from that day. Right. And I could check in with myself and you couldn't check in until you had that free time. Yeah. And then, so when I had that free time and I had this aspiration of doing like, Oh, I have a full hour. I'll do a 45 minute Mm -hmm. satisfying, sweaty strength training workout. And then I'll have 15 precious minutes to like take a shower and get changed and nurse him to go, you know, to sleep. And, um, ends up with looking like me just, you know, laying on the floor mm-hmm. on my back and realizing that just the feeling of gravity pushing on my body feels like such relief mm-hmm. and is allowing me to just take a couple of deep breaths and even, and, and just connect to how tired I am. And that's important too. You just, that's important like too. 15 things all in one, at one set, one I don't know. I think a lot, you just made me think of so many different things with what you just said. One thing quickly was I was reading in, I'm in a Facebook group um, for Girls Gone Happy, which I need to ask to see if I can get Justine or one of her ambassadors on here because that's a fantastic. I love Justine. Um, I know she's so great. Yeah. Uh, And somebody posted today in there about like, um, whatever she posted made me think about the fact that I feel this guilt and I, and I've talked to my clients too, who feel this guilt about when you have your child free time, you need to make the most of it. Mm-hmm. But it's also your only downtime. And so you also need to have downtime. And so when you're child free, we feel like we've got to squeeze in all the stuff we meant to do when we were too busy with our kid, focusing on our kid. But you just have to forgive yourself and let yourself rest sometimes. So that's one thought I have with that for an entire a podcast, or entire podcast series. Um, yeah, right. Thought that, that just popped in my head when you were talking was the fact that I mentioned earlier how I obsessively came to your exercise classes, my first pregnancy. I will state right here for the record that my second pregnancy has nowhere near as much exercise into, in it as my first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pandemic, already have a kid. This pregnancy hurts more for whatever reason, you know, just like more aches and pains. Um, and and it's tiring. And and it really, I, I like that you are, that you and I both have had this aha moment since motherhood, since we, we used to be all about the 45 minute sweat session, intense workout. <laughs> um, and now we're realizing just that deep breath and reconnecting with your ab muscles because you can <laughs> to your abs as you breathe is huge. And just that five minutes, like it doesn't need to be a lot. And I'll share with you that after, um, after I had my daughter and I, I wanted to do, I, I'd always worked in fitness. I wanted to keep on doing fitness things. I didn't know what I was doing exactly business-wise and everything. And I started teaching stroller workouts with just the mom group I'd met. Um, and it was very haphazard. It was me texting people being like, all right, my daughter just finished. I just cleaned a poop diaper. I'm going to head to the park. If anybody wants to meet me, I'll be <laughs> and like, we can do a stroller workout. And it was more like social and gossip and like chit chat. Mm-hmm which helped it. So the focus wasn't so much on the actual exercise and until now. So now my daughter's three, I think I was pretty fit. I think I was like pretty good shape for a mom of a one or two year old. Now I feel like a pregnancy, you know, like I don't even know what's going on with my body these days. (laughs) I'm trying, but it's not the same, but you can do it with little bouts. Yeah. And I also just want to sort of, you know, challenge you a little bit in it in in the most you know um empathetic and loving way um I want to challenge this idea that um a sore and tired body is not an athletic one or is not a fit and in shape one and a resting body is a lazy body or is a not an unproductive body or 
you know? So like, yeah, I'm going to tell you more. Um, <laughs> because what I also learned kind of backtracking from postpartum to pregnancy is um, I had, I had to, I was forced to learn to respect and take charge and own claim my energy, but also my exhaustion Yes, as part of the whole process of being a mama athlete, just like a professional athlete has to be ready for game day mm-hmm. or the competition, whatever it might be, the marathon, that marathon, that competition, that game day is on a specific time for a sure. very relatively short duration. Being a mother starting from the conception to pregnancy, to labor, birth, and then there's no, there's no transition time. Mm-hmm. I'm an instant mother, boom, in a flash. This kind of marathon, this is the longest haul mm. that any athlete could possibly endure. Yeah. It never ends. So when you're exhausted, when you're feeling like sore and tired and achy, if you don't respect it or take charge of it, own it, claim it righteously, not just like, you know, um, I can't do that because I'm so tired, but like, mm-hmm. dang, right. I'm tired. Like, dang, like, like, <laughs> like, and like righteousness about it you know my body needs rest today I need to sit on the couch today and that's what I'm doing first yeah yeah, the first trimester of my pregnancy I was I was um there were days when I would go into um because we we live in South Jersey in Collingswood so there were days when I would peel myself off you know out of bed Mm -hmm. for one class that I needed to teach at mama's wellness joint at 4.45 p.m., I could do nothing but sleep, like it, or, or just, you know, lay down, um, mm-hmm. rest, uh, take it easy. I mean, you until you're there, until you're in the lived experience, sometimes it really is that that was something that I think I had, I had an understanding of and an appreciation of, but until I was there, I don't think I understood like that the kind of fatigue that you feel because your body is building a organ, an organ to to sustain life, to build life Mm -hmm. and then, and then grow it. Mm -hmm. And so like, that's just superhuman level stuff. It's amazing what our bodies can do. When you really stop to think about it, it is amazing yeah so I can say so much more about that but I think just like the idea of respecting and taking charge of your energy just as much as you do your exhaustion was something that really came through and and still continues you know yeah baby crying baby crying that's right watching him the whole time we're on zoom right now while we're recording and he's been nursing and playing with your shirt yes let me just see if I can you you said time's up mama that's Which right. That's thing that happens. They decide. They decide when, when time is up. They do, and you know that's that is, um, you know, people will say when you're a mother, like you know, your time is not your own, your body is not your own, and that's also something that I just live to challenge because, mm-hmm. 
you know, your time is your own. Your body is your own. You are definitely prioritizing more so your growing baby's needs because they are, um, they are of the utmost importance, you know, like sustaining life continues Mm -hmm. outside of the, outside of the womb in the fourth trimester and beyond. Um, you are, you know, so dependent on, um, but to, to fall, to, to just accept that narrative that your body is not your own, your time is not your own, um, before you even go into the lived experience or, or while you're going through the lived experience, um, yeah, you're allowing some possibly, unless it really is your own narrative, but you, you're letting, um, your, your energy and your, um, autonomy and your sense of empowerment be hijacked by, you know, some narrative that, you know, might just come from, you know, somebody else or some, some societal norm that you've just sort of like embraced as part of the, part of the experience. But, um, I think for me, this has been such a great and like awesome, almost fun for me, for me, you know, I might have a sixth sense of what's fun, but like a fun opportunity to really like practice what I preach, Mm -hmm. but also like challenge too, like chat, like find, find those things that are, are, you know, find those narratives and thoughts that are like intruding, Mm -hmm. maybe a piece of me that want, that says, wait a minute, like who says I am not in charge of my time and my energy and my body? Like, you know, he's not nursing 24 seven and those in between times when he's not nursing and not needing me, um, for his development, developmental needs. Um, yeah, like my, my capacity for, um, doing certain things might be, might be limited or like, um, less than they were, than it was pre motherhood Mm -hmm. and then even pre pregnancy, but, um, but there's still a capacity. There's still a capacity. So you're reframing it. So it's, it's not, it's almost like that whole abundance mindset, which I'm not very familiar with, but I feel like I've, I've been starting to think about it more lately, which is, okay, I don't have all the time in the world, but the time that I do have to focus in on myself, I can take three deep breaths. I can, you know, take a walk around the block when I only have 10 minutes and that's still going to rejuvenate me. And it's still me claiming my 10 minutes and doing something that I know is going to make my body feel good. Um, yeah, you, you, as I feel like, uh, somebody in a, in a new mama group that I joined, um, several weeks back and have, that that's been a huge help is going to these virtual, um, now virtual new baby, new mom groups. Um, but one, one of the members of this, this one group that I meet in, she said, um, I've been thinking a lot about the versatility of women, us as women, but specifically as mothers, like we're so versatile. And I just, I chimed in. I said, I love that. I love that reframing of multitaskers. Cause like the idea that like we, we as women and mothers, like we're just such great multitaskers. So when you do have downtime, don't waste it, get it all done. But you can mama, like run around like a chicken with your head cut off and try to like be everything to everyone and do all the things, um, to the detriment of your sense of centeredness and groundedness and like, you know, stability, (laughs) but like you got it all done, right? That's the most important thing. So when you 
use language that helps kind of reframe these concepts or these narratives that you've like adopt that we've all adopted um, in specifically Western culture um, and like, you know, traditional gendered like mm-hmm. narratives and stories and roles, um, you know, it can really kind of open up new doors of possibilities. So when you think of yourself as being versatile versus like multitasker and like do, 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 when you have downtime, um, cause I know we're running out of time. I just want to sort of throw in here that there is such a thing as, you know, abusing the power that you have. And I feel like versatility is a power mm-hmm. of the feminine and, um, nurturance and expansiveness and receptivity and, and fluidity, all of this stuff, um, multidimensionality, like that's, this is all part and power, um, of the feminine, but when you start to find yourself almost abusing it in a way where you're like, you know, um, mistreating yourself almost, you know, kind of like, you know, uh, task mastering yourself mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To, to, to kind of fill all these roles. And that's where we, that's where we bring in the guilt that we give ourselves for all the things we think we should, the shoulds. Exactly. That's heavy. Yeah. That's heavy on our bodies, on our minds. And I will say that another thing that I've learned along this way in the lived experience of motherhood is um, the power of, along the lines of versatility, the, the power of slowing down and truly just choosing, choosing to do one thing at a time, one thing in the time that your child is napping mm-hmm. or resting and digesting, as I like to say, after he or she or they have eaten, yeah. you know, giving them some time to like chill out and rest and digest that I use his rest and digest time to, yeah, sometimes I pump or sometimes I, you know, um, have that second cup of coffee. Um, but I really, I really try to reel it in when I get that like compulsion I need to do. Mm-hmm. Yes. To task yeah. master myself. Um, um. Which, I like that a lot. That makes me think also of another another person from the mom universe in Philadelphia where we are. Um, I don't know if you know Rachel Moyer with We Bloom, but she did the five-day challenge that I participated in. Um, that was basically like pick, it was picking one thing, like one thing that you were going to do, just one thing. And I think mine was, I was, um, I was laying on the floor and like the sun hit my face. I was playing with my daughter and I was just laying next to her because that's sometimes how I play with her. Um, and the sun hit my face and I just closed my eyes and I felt the sun on my face and just like, as if I was at the beach and just soaked it in. And like, that's one thing that you can do that you just, you know, we have all this, these like lists of things that we're trying to get done. But if we can just, cut, I think I explained, I don't know where I'm drawing my now. I think I'm pulling too many thoughts together because you're making me think so many things. This is what you're good at is making people think. Um, <laughs> But just pulling together, and this is where I talk with my clients about, about letting go of the all or nothing mentality about your wellness and just picking one thing that you make you feel good. So mm-hmm. if it's when he's resting and digesting, you rest and digest. If it's you, mm-hmm. I'm just going to like, you know, here's my to-do list. How, what four things can I cross off? So I just have to do one of them. Feels good. It feels good. And actually like, the slower you go and the more narrowed your focus is, it's amazing what more and how much like farther you can actually go. Mm-hmm. 
I challenge everybody who's listening to this right now to try that on. I love this. The next time you feel the compulsion to go a mile a minute, (laughs) when there's like a lull in, you know, you needing to be hands off. Like Mm -hmm. I I often say as a mother, like my hands are always full. Mm -hmm. That was also like an actual versus aspirational. Like I I thought with him in infancy, especially Mm -hmm. newborn in infancy that, um, in this phase that I would be able to, cause he's not going anywhere yet. Right. Right. So like, I'd be able to like set him down and like have a lot of, but why is it that I just, I never feel like my hands are free. And when they are, and I try to pile the things on to those free hands, I, my ego feels good about the check, 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 check of the list. But by the end of the day, you're stressed. Those are usually the days where when I have that like wellness hour, I go yeah. into our little like office slash fitness studio and all I can do, you know, it's so disappointing because I get this, mm-hmm. I finally get this time, this full hour I'm wiped, and I'm so wiped out. Um, so, so that, that really was, that called on me to, to like make a change in how mm-hmm. I was. And, and really these changes are experimental so I'm challenging everyone who's listening to try this on is the next time you feel the compulsion to go, 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 check, check, check. Um, and you're feeling the pressure and the like the the spinning of the, the never ending list because it really is. There's there's it's never ending. And this is a long haul, the longest haul job of cut down the check, check, checks just to one thing sl- and do it slowly and focus on what it is that you're doing. That's right. This is my, one of my mantras is Kate, what's right in front of your nose right now. Yep. That's, not, is that, that's not even a mantra. That's a question, but I asked, <laughs> this is like my, my, but it's like my, my tool. It's like my, my little, um, verbal, um, you're, you're slow, slow yourself down, check in. I don't know what that's right. It's my, it's my little interrupter of like, what's, whoa, yeah. whoa, what's happening right in front of you. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's something that's happening with my son that I would otherwise miss that ends up being this like magical moment that I am oh, able to nice. look at. Yeah. Sometimes it's just like, wow, I really savored that second cup of coffee. I love that. that. So, this, so the next time, I, and I also love that you gave everybody listening an action step because that's, I love doing that is, is I think that's how we function too as moms that don't have, it's, it's overwhelming thinking of all the different things you could do. And that's often what my clients come to me with like 20 ideas for what they want to do to work on their wellness and their nutrition and their fitness. And I'm always saying, one thing and just focus on that for a while. So if you're the next time you've got a free moment, instead of thinking through the 15 things you could do, the first one that comes to mind, do it or whatever's in front of your nose, do it. I love that action step. So yeah. I want to wrap up because I know that um, I try to keep you short, but we talked so much because we could talk forever. Um, but I want to wrap up by just asking you what I've been asking all of my guests when you come on the show, which is um, I use the word healthy autopilot a lot. And so what does that mean to you? And what would you say is your healthy autopilot? Um, My healthy autopilot um, is, I would say the, is that, is that slower, more um, present and like anxiety doesn't even feel like it's, 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 um, registering at all. 
a sense of all as well. And that sense often comes for me after I um, go in to my body. And so my healthy autopilot is, like I said, it's presence. It's that I don't feel um, the anxiety registering anywhere, mind or body. Um, I'm not ruminating over things. I'm just, I'm truly kind of letting each moment unfold. So presence and um, core work, core work. First thing in the morning, um, this is how I get to that place. And it could be five minutes. Often it's 15. This is my magical 15 minute, um, uh, you know, duration comes often in the form of a 15 minute core workout. And, you know, that's different for everybody recovering from um, pregnancy, rebuilding after pregnancy and giving birth. So um, there's no specific prescription of like the moves that I do, but 15 minutes, usually first thing in the morning, sometimes I do it with my son. Um, if I can't wake up early enough to do it on my own while he's still sleeping, um, it ends up being done with him. That's great. Well, with- so share with us, because I know you were talking about having, you have a consultation that you do with people. So maybe you can help people develop the core routine that's right for them. Absolutely. I would love to. People can work with you. Yeah. So the 30 minute connection session is a consultation. Um, but it's really kind of um, speaking of the core, it's kind of getting to the core issue that's, that's, that's like creating a, um, a log jam or creating a sticking point um, for you right now in being able to move forward. So sometimes that's something in the body like pain and other times it could just be um, an intrusive thought or a ruminating thought um, that you're kind of on this treadmill in your mind and it's an opportunity for you to just like step off the treadmill for a moment and like slow your roll and and I help you kind of figure out what it is that's really kind of driving if it's not you if you're not in the driver's seat who is so um yeah it's a, it's it's an opportunity if somebody is interested in talking about specific fitness steps that you can take or um even just strategies for um self-care in other ways strategies for self-care but fitness focused self-care is, is what I, is what I specialize in. So, yeah. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for being here. I'm going to put all your links and everything, how people can get a hold of you and, and, and have that consultation with you in my notes. Um, you've been such an inspiration to me as, you know, somebody that first you were my teacher that taught me how important prenatal fitness was to, to then being just an inspiration that I looked up to as I was, figuring out my own role in the postpartum world because there is and so it's really nice to talk to you and thank you for being here thank you beth and i i just so admire you and um and I'm, i feel so inspired by you and what you're putting out on this podcast so um i'm, I'm happy to be a part of it thank you so much for inviting me on yeah. all right bye-bye Okay, and now we are done. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed it, please make sure you hit subscribe so you can hear more episodes just like the one you just listened to. Um, And if you have been thinking to yourself while listening to these episodes, 
preach. Beth is saying exactly what I'm thinking, but the problem is I know what to do. It's actually doing it. That is the issue. Then I would like to suggest that you pop right into my show notes right now and click on sign me up for the next free mini challenge um, and get into one of my free series, my little free challenges that I do where I will poke you and prompt you to do the things that you know you should be doing, but you just need help actually doing them. I'm going to leave you with one thought today. Uh, right now, I want you to pause and think of one thing that you can do that will move you closer to achieving your health goal. Don't think, just do it. And it might be signing up for one of the mini challenges in my show notes. Uh, and it might be the step you need to take to start feeling good, energized, and in control of your wellness. So thanks for listening. Enjoy whatever thing you decide to do today to bring you one step healthier, and I will see you in the next episode.